Hi friends and welcome to week 10 of our book review. So this week we are talking all about motherhood and as I was preparing for the podcast today I read back through the chapter and I think this is my favorite chapter of the entire book. Um, I definitely feel like God spoke through me in this chapter in a way that I don't feel like I could have truly articulated motherhood uh, in that way. So I do feel like God spoke to me in that chapter and I loved rereading it. And I am so excited to talk to y'all just about motherhood in general, things that it teaches us and how it sanctifies us um, and just some general thoughts. So basically the scripture for this chapter was 1 Samuel 1 and I think it was 9 through 28 and that's the story of Hannah. So I'm going to read a few verses from that and then also read a little bit about Mary in the Gospels. So Hannah uh, was barren for years and her husband had another wife and she was able to bear children. Hannah was not. So they were going to the tabernacle to worship And they typically did this, you know, year after year. And so at this specific year, she said she cried out to the Lord in deep anguish and she made a vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. So um, a little bit down, she says, I'm very discouraged and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. And she's talking to Eli, who's the priest, and she says, For I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. And, and Eli says, In that case, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. And she said, Oh, thank you, sir. Then she went back and began to eat, and she was no longer sad. And then they return home, and her husband sleeps with her, and it says, The Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. And I think the big thing here that I want to point out is when she says, For I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. I am very discouraged and I am pouring out my heart to the Lord. And then a few verses later it says, The Lord remembered her plea and in due time she gave birth to a son. And I know I talked about this a little bit last week, but I just want to remind us that God can and does miracles in motherhood. Whether it's in conception and beyond, you know, once children are already here, he hears our pleas and invites us to pour out our heart to him and believe he will answer our prayers. So whether it's about conception, whether it's about something happening with one of your children that you really want God to heal, um, it could, I mean, you could have grown adult children, like all of our children need prayers at all times. And I just want to encourage you and tell you that God wants us to cry out to him when we're discouraged, when we are sorrowful, when we have, you know, basically anguish in our hearts over something that's grieving us. And I think even more than that, he wants us to believe that he can and will do what we ask. That is in the Bible so many times. And I think a really wonderful example of that is Mary. And she didn't even ask for this, but she believed God. She believed the angel of the Lord when they came to her. And in Luke 1, you know, the angel of the Lord comes to her and tells her, 
You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be the very great. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And she asked, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary's response, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. And then a few verses later, she goes to see Elizabeth, who they just said, you know, is going to be or is pregnant in her sixth month. And Elizabeth said, when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. This theme comes up over and over again on this podcast. But the more that I study the Bible, the more that I see that your faith and you just believing that God is who he says he is, believing that he will do what he promises for us, is essential to you having an abundant life and you really living a life that is... One, like most enjoyable, but two, most glorifying to God. Motherhood is a true depiction of the gospel. When I think about unconditional love, I think that most of our love on earth is conditional. But my love for my children is probably the closest thing to unconditional love that I have. Um, And immediately after I gave birth to my children... I would do anything for them. I mean, I would die for my children. And very quickly too. Like I would make a very quick gut decision to put myself in harm's way to protect them. And that's just kind of like honestly so beautiful to me that that love that we have for our children is so, so strong that it's not even... We don't even have to think what we would do. We know that we love them so much that we would sacrifice for them. And that is, like I said, such a depiction of the gospel. I remember uh, when I was younger in church, I heard a sermon about, it was on Mother's Day, and it was talking about a mother's love being like so close to like, such a good depiction and reflection of of Christ's love for people. And I never really thought of that. And then when I heard it, I was like, you know what? When I think about my mom and the way that she has loved me and raised me and just would literally do anything for me, and I know that, it is. I mean, it's it's probably the, the greatest depiction of Christ's love um, in my life up until I got married. And even now that I'm married, a mother's love is just obviously very different than the love between, um, you know, a woman and a man in marriage. So I think that's something that is really important to just point out is that motherhood is just a depiction of the gospel. And um, it also allows us to know the Father more. You know, I have been struggling a lot over the last year of understanding like God's discipline versus just God's plan and revealing His glory in a way that maybe seems a little bit more painful than for me than I would have planned for myself. And then I, I feel like God has really taught me a lot through mothering of that I never enjoyed disciplining my child. That's not fun for me. But what I do know is that it's really good for him um, and for both of them to know what is good for them versus what is bad, what could hurt them versus uh, what are the things they can enjoy freely. And 
discipline is a labor of love. Discipline, no one enjoys, you know, disciplining or seeing their children hurt. So when I think about that from like a God and me perspective, it really puts things into perspective of life. If I feel like God is disciplining me, if I feel like something's really hard, God's heart is mourned by that. He doesn't enjoy that for me, but he does know that it's going to sanctify me, um, protect me, and equip me for what he has in store for me next. Along with all of that, our children are God's unique image bearers. So if you have more than one child, you know that every child is so unique, which is wonderful, but also you just never know what you're going to (laughs) get. And the uniqueness of each of our children displays God's glory his attention to detail, and his creativity. And it's just fascinating to me when I look at my children and think, wow, you, you guys have the exact same, you know, genetic makeup, but you're so different. And both of you have different strengths and different things in your personality that shine through greater than others. And I just think that is just so amazing and sweet that God cares about us enough Everyone, not just my kids, like literally every human on this earth has is God's image image bearer. And the way that he creates us and designs us to reflect his glory and display his image and character is just fascinating to me. Um, and whenever I get to look at my children, I get to see different characteristics of God and different things about God that otherwise I would have never been able to see. So um, the fact that the Lord is so... He just has such great attention to detail. That's one thing that I really appreciate about God. And it also allows me to remember that like he does care about all of the details, which then makes me feel like I don't have to worry about praying about little things. God wants to hear about it all. Some things may seem little, some things may seem big, but like God hears and cares about it all. And then really the last big thing that I want to talk about is that motherhood requires us to depend on God. Um, I know that in the book, I talked a little bit about postpartum depression and I think that one, it's super real and it's a pretty, it's becoming less taboo, but it's a pretty taboo topic. It's also, you feel super, super shameful if you have any sort of like depression or negative feelings after giving birth because by society standards you're supposed to be happiest like this is the happiest you should ever be um everything should be wonderful there should be no sad emotions but first and foremost y'all physically your body just went through the ringer but your hormones are raging i mean In no world should we ever expect a woman to be her happiest postpartum, okay? Now, there is great joy that comes postpartum, right? Like after my second child, I was really happy. But if that's not your experience, I just want to let you know that's okay. I would say it's also normal. Some women don't ever experience postpartum depression. Other women experience it after every birth, So genetically, we are all wired very differently. I've talked to some women about like, oh, you know, I I was actually talking to a friend this past weekend and she was talking about postpartum rage. And she said that she mentioned that to another woman and was like, well, you know, how was your experience? And the woman was like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) 
So of course, when you try to open up to another mom about something that you're going through and she's like, yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. That then makes you feel more alone. And that's not that mother's fault that she didn't experience postpartum rage, but this is why things become really complicated because we're looking at social media for all of these postpartum moments, the newborn moments. And we're seeing, especially if you're having some sort of issues postpartum, you're seeing all these wonderful things happening, but you're seeing a very small glimpse. You're not seeing the reality. Uh, And even with my second child, about five months postpartum, I hit a wall because I was so sleep deprived that I was like, I have to sleep. Like I'm losing my mind. Um, So even though it was magical, there are still moments where everyone hits a wall postpartum because between sleep deprivation being alone. I mean, there's just so many factors that go into it. And I think that's the other thing too. After my first child, I was alone with a baby. I didn't have a lot of community. I didn't have help. And that's tough. So motherhood is not meant to be done alone. Definitely find your people, find a community. That doesn't mean that, you know, you necessarily have to be by your family because I know I'm not. But Finding people to do motherhood with and just to get out of the house and go on a walk with, like one, I recommend doing that just with your baby if you don't have community, but really trying to get out there and just have like a social life and conversations with people, especially if you're alone, because that will make a huge difference. I oftentimes hear, you know, the saying, you're enough, you're enough, and we are enough. Like I will say there is no better person for your baby, no better mother for your baby than you. However, in motherhood, you realize, wow, like I, the strength in me is not sufficient, but God is. And through his power, I can be enough. Um, Through depending on him, I can be enough. But alone, absolutely not. Without God's power, without God's strength, you really aren't enough for your child. Um, And I think in some ways, like God kind of intended that for us to depend on him. It requires us to depend on God. Because you don't have a lot of control. You don't have a lot of control over when your baby decides to get sick or, or sleep or do this. And even as they get older, you really don't have a lot of control over various factors too. There are a lot of things that happen that you have no control over. And if you try to control really anyone, but especially a toddler, you know, a young child, a teenager, that just doesn't work very well. You can discipline them all you want, but kids are kids and they're going to make their own decisions. So the fact that we have no control requires us to depend on God and pray, which then allows us to become more sanctified and more like him. Motherhood literally changes you from the inside out. Like the inside of my body will never be the same because of pregnancy. Um, It changes you postpartum. It changes you as your kids grow. I know that personally, like I am a much more compassionate and understanding woman because of motherhood. It has made me a lot more compassionate and understanding to a variety of things that I've never been compassionate or understanding about. Um, It's also made me a lot more confident and secure in my choices and trusting my gut and trusting myself. And I think once again, those are all great examples of the fact that it's a sanctification process. It's a process that is supposed to reflect the glory of God, that's supposed to reflect the gospel, but it also is supposed to allow us to depend on the Father more and lean in to that relationship with our Father Uh, because that parenthood experience that we're having, we're able to see like, 
wow, I'm holding my children. I'm helping them through this. But like God wants to do that for us too. He doesn't want us to go through life alone. Just like he doesn't want your child to be left alone to figure out everything in life. He wants you to know that like he's there. Just like you're there for your children, God is there for you. He wants you to spend time with him. I mean, you can literally probably apply this to most things in motherhood. When my children say, hey, mommy, I want you to spend time with me. Hey, mommy, I want you to do this with me. That's like us with God. Like God wants to spend time with you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to cry out to him. If he's crying, if you're crying, he wants you to sit at his feet. I don't want my son to cry by himself. I want to hold him while he cries. And God wants the same for us. God is caring and compassionate. And motherhood, parenthood, all of those things allow us to understand that father-like care more than we ever have. So that is how I want to end this. I hope that's helpful. I know really for me over the last year, there have been a lot of things like faith-wise that I've struggled with. And then when I feel like God reveals things to me from the lens of motherhood of like, okay, you think that I'm doing this to you, but think about this from the way that you would treat your children. And then that changes my entire perspective, especially the discipline piece. I do not enjoy disciplining my children. I do not enjoy seeing my children in pain. And I know God doesn't enjoy seeing me in pain. And I know that He is working all things for my good, just like we are doing everything we can to give our children a better life than we ever had. So is the Father, and He cares about us, and He cares about the details, and He wants to celebrate us um, throughout life, and just allow us to become more like Him, but also to reflect His glory in a way that we never could before motherhood. So uh, I hope that is encouraging to y'all. I hope that the chapter was encouraging, and... My last challenge to you really for this podcast is just if you know a mom that is struggling, reach out to her. If you know a mom that's doing a great job, reach out to her and let her know Um, because I think that the world will be a much better place when more mothers know that they aren't alone.